So today on True Crime Tea Time, we're going to talk about theory number two with the JonBenet Ramsey case, um, which is that it was an intruder. We're going to talk about several different scenarios and different people that could be the the person that did this. So Jacqueline and Will, again, you're back. Are you ready? Round three. (laughs) I'm always ready. You have your beverage ready. ready. (laughs) Hold on, wait. Ready. Perfect. We're drinking the same kind. (laughs) I mean, I still... Oh, no, you have mango. I have cherry. It's fine. I opened Um, a cherry for the noise effect, and now I have two open, and here we are. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the next theory in this case is that um, an intruder came in. I mean, that happened is, you know, a theory a lot with these types of cases. So people theorize that while the Ramseys were at their friends for dinner, that an intruder actually broke into the home during that time and hid somewhere in the house. Um, That they got in through a basement window and the intruder wrote the ransom note and just kind of waited around for the Ramseys to get home. When their Ramses arrived back home, you know, they put the children to bed, they went to bed, that the intruder snuck up to Jamade's room, used the stun gun to subdue her, carried her to the basement. Um, there was a suitcase found in the basement window, and we haven't talked about this much because I didn't want to ruin the, ruin the plan. But in the basement window, I guess, at one point I feel like there was something wrong with the basement window. Maybe it didn't lock, maybe it was broke, like something like that. Um, but by the basement window, there was a suitcase found and the suitcase was known to not be kept there. Like the Ramsey said, they kept it somewhere else in the house. And so it wasn't normal for it to be in the basement. And so some people feel like an intruder broke in, you know, planned to, um, not, not kill Jamade, um, but put her in the suitcase and then take her out, um, and when she didn't fit in the suitcase, they just sexually assaulted her and then killed her. So, like, that's kind of one of the theories that people came up with. Um, they think that because she was in these child beauty pageants and she was in the spotlight, like, maybe there was somebody around town or around these pageants that became obsessed with her and wanted to, like, kidnap her, not kill her but just kidnap her and, like, keep her, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's definitely a theory. When we, you know, we talked about how some of these kids in these beauty pageants, you know, they, I mean, they make them up in makeup. They make them look way older than they are and kind of sexualize them in a certain way. Um, so, but then why go through the trouble of making the ransom note if you're gonna just sexually assault somebody and kill them? Just leave, the, right? Well, like, believe that they weren't going to kill her, that they were just going like they wanted mm-hmm. to put her in the suitcase alive and kidnap her. But if he was an intruder, like, how would he know that there was a suitcase in the house that would fit her? Like, and like, how would he know about the details to put into the ransom note? Like, there's like some some holes in that that don't necessarily yeah. so at a certain point which we're going to talk about this one last because it's like the most dramatic one but 
There is one person that claims to know something about it and says he saw John Ramsey's pay stub on his desk. That oh. shows the amount of his bonus. Okay. Right. Well, like, and I get, we'll get like, to that later. That's like the like that's the peak of all of this. Because okay. anyone walking through the house, granted, could find like the rope and the broken paintbrush. Yeah, like if, especially if they had time. Yeah, they could like find the paper. Yeah. They could find a pen. Like, I, I get that they could have hid it in the cellar. Like, there's, I mean, reason to believe that that could be true. But there's just details that like don't match up. Yeah, and if, like the similarity to the handwriting, that. Like strange, yeah. Not many people have that identical like handwriting traits. Well, and we all know. I mean, we have a good grasp on how they analyze hand handwriting. Like they don't just look at one letter. Like they look at multiple letters. They look at certain characteristics. How many of them are similar? Like there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like oh, your A looks like this A. Like yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Um. So, with that theory, there are several subjects that come to mind. Um, the first subject is an older man. His name is Bill McReynolds, and the family knew him. He actually was um, an older guy who dressed as Santa Claus a lot. And so... He was a neighbor, right? Yes. So, he okay. lived nearby, um, and he would come... I mean, I don't think it, it was just this year. On multiple occasions, he would come dressed as Santa and, you know, sit with the kids, things like that. So on this Christmas Eve, he came over and Jean Bonnet walked him through the entire house. So she gave him a tour of the entire house. Um, and so a lot of people think that he would have known the ins and outs of, like, the window, the, like, where the wine cellar was, where everything was, where you could hide, all of those things. And he gave her a note on Christmas Eve, which is very strange to me and it gives me the creeps. But um, he gave her a note that said, something special will happen to you after Christmas. And so that was just kind of a strange scenario, especially because he knew the house and he already knew the family. He, even if he wasn't dressed up as Santa, like he had a long white beard, like she probably would have recognized him and maybe felt comfortable with him. So a lot of people think that it could have been him, but then there's also people that speculate it couldn't have been because he wasn't the healthiest person. He had had surgery recently. They thought, you know, he wouldn't necessarily have the strength to carry her downstairs. And they conclude the police, um, that it wasn't him based on the handwriting. So they got handwriting samples from both him and his wife, and they claim that it couldn't have been either of them that were involved because of the handwriting. So. Well, did they do, I can't remember, did they do DNA tests on everybody that they suspected? They did DNA tests on all of these people, and none of them end up matching. Okay. So... It's this, just, the 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 back door, like basement window, like I mean, it's Christmas time in Colorado. There's probably snow on the ground. Was there not like tracks or anything leading from the? 
So there was, so I, d- I don't feel like there was a ton of snow. I think it was snowy. I no. think just back on um, just watching the footage of the outside of the house, and I don't remember there being snow on the No, ground. there wasn't. Um, oh. they, they did show the house decorated for Christmas, like all the outside mm-hmm. decorations, and there wasn't actually snow on the ground. So maybe that's strange. I mean, here that would be very strange for December. Like Colorado has its like ups and downs with snow on Christmas or and not. Depending you know on what I mean? The air you're in, I'm sure. More yeah. air, get more snow or less snow, whatever. I'm just trying to think of like an old man climbing through a basement window. Like, I mean, that also seems kind of. Well, and you think like though, because the basements have like those wells in it, which have dirt on the bottom yeah. usually. You'd think there'd be some footprints down there. So, okay. So the, just to kind of set it up. So the ground level had almost like a grate on it. So it was like a metal grate. You'd lift it up. There'd be a well. Um, and then there would, there's two basement windows. Now the basement windows are not that big. So like, yeah, I'm not trying to like speculate at all, but if the guy was dressed as Santa, he's probably not a small guy. Like no. they had, they had had somebody who was able to like an investigator that was able to climb in the window and get in fine. But he was a tall, thin guy. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of my stepdad, who's like 130 pounds, like he'd fit in no problem. But anybody who's maybe 180 pounds, like they're not going to get through it. And like for a man, that's probably an average size. Like <laughs> my stepdad. Yeah. And he was an older guy. He's not necessarily going to be able to like, I mean, bend and like. Yeah, he's not, probably not the most flexible person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and at one, there is a footprint that's found. Um, it is in the dirt and it's from a high tech boot. Um, now none of these people we've talked about so far, John Ramsey, Bill McReynolds, none of them have a high tech boot. So what high tech boot, was that just a brand? Or? It's kind of like a work boot or a hiking boot. Okay. And so it has like high tech stamped in the bottom, like the sole of the shoe. Okay. So that's the brand, but they also, to go back a step, they asked um, Burke if he ever had any high-tech, like, hiking boots when he was a kid, and he doesn't remember. I mean, I wouldn't remember. I don't no. think you would remember a brand. Unless it was, like, Nike or, like, something fancy, you know? But also, yeah. in the world, it's not going to wear more than, like, what, like a size six shoe? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, that kind of threw that out the window. But we also have to remember there were friends there, there were... I mean, there were cops there that weren't taking precautions. Like, could have been yeah. anyone different. So, they ultimately dismiss Bill McReynolds from being a suspect based on the handwriting and the DNA test. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out as we go through these examples, they rely very heavily on the DNA, which probably isn't the best thing to do. Because, that I mean, that doesn't 100% say that somebody didn't do something. Yeah. That's true. It's It goes both ways. Like, it doesn't 100% say they did it, and it doesn't 100% say they didn't do it. So I wonder if they tested anybody from the party the night before that they were at. Not DNA. that I know of. Um, and that's kind of where I had thought, like, maybe the Whites had something. Like, maybe something happened at the Whites. And yeah. then all of this other stuff occurred. 
I hope this case is solved by like somebody fucking doing 23 and me. I hope this case is solved before I die. <laughs> I just yeah. did a little deep dive. He's dead. He died at 72. Who? Bill McReynolds. He died. Oh, oh that makes sense. He was old at this point. So, yeah. um, yeah. And he didn't seem like the healthiest guy anyway. Like, I just don't see how he could carry a child downstairs. Like, it just seems strange. Yeah, I remember when I read the book that I read, I was convinced that it was him, like the Santa Claus guy, because the way that the cops painted the picture for him for it to be, to fit, you know, I was convinced. But um, as I read more and more, I'm like, it could be so many. I mean, mostly it's a family. I'm still hard with family. But I remember being like, that could be the only thing. Like, she knew him, trusted him, so she wouldn't be yelling if, like, you know what I mean? Like, if she had to follow him somewhere um the house tour like if he was like oh i want to go back to where you showed me earlier she'd be like oh, okay let me show you do you remember how long ago that build trust you could have her oh my god i was probably like in middle school when i read it okay okay because there i mean yeah. just because there's more stuff we'll talk about that okay yeah, yeah. i mean he, i probably don't know a lot still yeah he did have a heart bypass though like he had it says here that's he had where, a, i think that's the surgery that i was thinking about yeah so, I mean, and it was for that's a major ear. surgery. Yeah, that's open heart surgery. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that's like, major. And I like mean, most people, would have probably they, been frail. A lot of people, when they have that surgery, they end up going to a rehab center and staying there for so many weeks until they're even just strong enough to go home. Like, yeah. they're not going to a child. Like, or hold they a child down. Have restrictions and all of that stuff. So, so. A few years after the Bill Reynolds theory, another theory comes out, which, I mean, there's a new theory every four years. So a few years later, there is a man, his name is Gary Oliva, 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 I think it is. Um, and he's arrested for a completely unrelated crime. However, he becomes a suspect when he gets arrested because the police find a poem that he had written about Jean Benet. And also in his possession is a stun gun. So they put those two things together. Um, He's a known sex offender in the area. And he also had a previous crime where he had been in trouble and arrested for attempting to strangle his mom with a telephone cord. So factors that like fit the same crime. And so they think "Hmm, maybe he had something to do with that. He is a homeless man and... At the time that Jean Benet died, he was staying at a local church, which was about 10 blocks away from the Ramsey home. Kind about, of far still, though. I mean, I mean, walkable, but I mean, he's homeless, yeah. obviously. How else did he get there? But yeah. like, for a random. But if, okay, so if you think about it, though, Christmas Day, he's probably lonely, he is homeless. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just kind of wandered around, saw the family leave, and was like, oh, they look like a nice family. And then he climbed in their basement window. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I know it's not probable, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, I, I see why, like, the pieces kind of fit together, like, with his, but, like, plenty of people write, like, songs about like serial killers and victims and things like that it's just like a form of art i feel like so it just 
it's yeah. creepy. Don't get me wrong. Like him writing a poem about Jean Benet is creepy, but like that was big news. And like, yeah, there were too many people all over the country that were like all heartbroken because they lost. Yeah. So I don't think that's necessarily like damning all in itself. Right. I mean, there's a few more things. <laughs> Go on. So he, about a year after the murder, which this probably isn't that strange either. There was a candlelight vigil for her at the Ramsey house, and he showed up at the vigil, which most oh, people that's like weird. Area would, I'm sure. But yeah, all, murderers always go to the vigil. That's like exactly. that's like where they find people. But yeah, all the also, time. So he also admitted to the police that he would have dreams about Jean Bonnet after she died, and he had a shrine to Jean Bonnet in his home. He had pictures that he printed out on the internet, candles, the whole nine yards. And he also had, this is the strangest thing, he had Monopoly money that he would cut her face out and put the, her face on the Monopoly money. <laughs> That's but weird. Any number of those things could have happened after she was after she died. Like, Just fall yeah. up, she's dead. Yeah, there are a lot of crazy people that like... <laughs> totally. That suddenly, like like take a hold of something because they have nothing like else in their life and become obsessed yeah yep. yeah did it when princess die that happened oh like, that's true. true that's a good point but so the difference is this is a child like but but she died and she became this huge figure so for a crazy person to like yeah and he clearly was insane yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the, the the news made her into this like saint figure that was murdered <laughs> and like I mean, totally. Poor America's children because John Bonet is dead. Like, yeah. No, so I that's, mean that's very still true. Not to me. So, I mean, they the the police investigate him thoroughly. They take his handwriting samples, DNA tests, all all of those things, and he's cleared also due to the DNA testing. But at some point later in 2016, he does end up getting arrested and charged with child pornography. So he was still a creep. Yeah, no. There's well, that's no maybe why he was obsessed with JonBenet. He probably had no idea who JonBenet was until he, all of his coverage happened. And he got obsessed with her because he's mm -hmm. a disgusting creepazoid. You know what I mean? He was yeah. deified her. And, like, any creep would, like, latch on to that, I feel like. Definitely. And, you know, they, I mean, I feel like all the publicity and all of the news and all of the, like, everything kind of attracts more of those types of people. Well, that's kind of what I feel like. It attracted a crazy person. Yeah. And, like, he yeah. just... A lot of crazy people have died. <laughs> but, like, him especially, I feel like he, like... Like, it's like a moth to, like, a light bulb. Like... Yeah, totally. That's, like, kind of what happened. And, I mean, she was... She was a cute kid. Like, not in a creepy sense, but, like, she was a cute kid. Like... Yeah. You know, I'm not convinced on that one. Santa Claus is more convincing to me than that one. I would pick Santa Claus before I would pick him, but <laughs> I still wouldn't pick Santa Claus because I don't. I mean, think he... I would have let that guy around other children. Oh, <laughs> like, like that guy should have around somewhere, but he didn't kill Jean Benet. <laughs> so on February 14th, 1997, um, unrelated situation, but ends up being related. There's a man named Michael Helgoff and. 
um, he is discovered dead at um, the junkyard property that he and his brothers ran. Um, it police end up figuring out that he committed suicide and so there's some things that come out in that and so i was watching that tv special that they were talking about i think it was 2020 that i was watching and um there's Mm -hmm. a friend of michael's that's interviewed in this episode and he reports that when michael was alive he had told this friend about how um Michael and his partner were going to be making like fifty to sixty thousand dollars around Christmas time, which coincides with one hundred eighteen. That's about sixty thousand um, dollars. And so, you know, after all this stuff happened, the friend thought it was kind of odd that um, that you know the one hundred eighteen was part of the ransom ransom note, and he said fifty to sixty k. And you know, Michael was kind of just a weird guy anyway. Like he had been known to. Like, when he was younger, he would torture animals or, like, he had a history of sexual assault. And so he had kind of this weird background anyway. And um, one time when this friend and Michael were, you know, walking, taking a walk together, Michael had made a comment about, oh, I wonder what it would be like to crack a human skull and, like, just weird stuff that kind of ended up tying into this case. Mm-hmm. So... When Michael ends up dead, the investigators go to find out, like, what happened to Michael. Because at this point, they don't know, is it a murder? Like, what's going on? And they conclude that he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. But when they're, like, researching his room, going, not researching, investigating his room, going through his things, they find a stun gun. And they find a pair of high-tech boots. Oh, interesting. Which... We know that there's a footprint at the Ramsey house that is the footprint of a high-tech boot. Um, the investigators conclude that the boot print doesn't actually match. Like, it's still a high-tech boot, but it doesn't match the boot print Popular that they found. brand, too, I'm sure. Yep. So, um, even though, like, the friend still thinks that Michael had something to do with it, um, detectives conclude that he didn't do it. However, there is still some suspicion around the fact that Michael committed suicide. They don't think that he actually did this. They think that somebody killed him, possibly this partner that everyone's been talking about, because they found a bullet hole in this pillow, which most people who are going to shoot themselves, I guess, I don't know, but they might not put a pillow over, like, what are they trying to hide? Oh, yeah. Um, but they also found evidence that he was shot from the left side, but he was right-handed. So mm. the police don't necessarily, I mean, they concluded that it was a suicide, but a lot of people don't think that it was because of that evidence. Um, the police ultimately say that because the boot prints, DNA, none of that matched, that Michael didn't have anything to do with it. But the friend is adamant that, like, him and his partner had something to do with it. Interesting. So, did, so what, what, but what happened with the partner? Did they find him? Nobody question? knows the partner's name. So oh, okay. even this friend doesn't know who the partner actually is. So the friend kind of concludes that he thinks that Michael was there, not 100% that he killed her, but that he was definitely there when it happened. Um, and that maybe he committed suicide because of what happened. Yeah. So 
in a sense, the friend kind of thinks that it was maybe a kidnapping gone wrong. Like, they meant to just kidnap her, get the money, give her back. But right. something happened along the way. And she ended up being murdered. That, to me, so far is, as far as the Intruder series, is um, the closest. Most likely. <laughs> most likely because there's, like, the ransom money ties in. So then they'd be like, no. Um, they both could have been wearing high-tech boots, so maybe his boot didn't match. But maybe the partners did, and we don't know who the partner is. And that's the footprint that got left behind. Maybe... Um, if it was like a kidnapping gone awry, like, you know, maybe the one partner didn't know that sexual assault would happen, right? And so when that happened, that like changed things. And he was like, whoa, what the fuck? This turned into something way worse. Well, that's where I almost wonder. So boot situation, you know, this was several months later that Michael died. Yeah. I mean, there's wear and tear on boots. Like, maybe they didn't match. They didn't necessarily say what parts didn't match. So, yeah. if it was, like, the tread pattern, that could have changed based on how often he wore them. But the size would change. So, if it was, like, I would say, even if the tread pattern, like, was worn down or something, like, they would have accounted for that. The size, the style. So, it had to have been the pattern of the tread. But I almost wonder if it possibly could have been Michael and a friend, and the friend is the one that committed the sexual assault, and Michael didn't know that that was going to happen. That's what Jacqueline was just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that's why... How would they have known John Bonet? Like, how, how, what was their connection that they would have known who she was? I don't even know if there was really a connection with him. Because it's strange that they planned such a, like... Like, such a unique, like, crime to have, like, n- not have any idea who she was. I know that Michael also was an electrician. So he, like, worked on multiple homes doing electrical work in them. I don't think he worked on the Ramsey house. He but I know business, that though. he could have worked for somebody that they knew. Like, I don't necessarily know. But I know that he did electrical work, too. So. What happened with, like the handwriting analysis from him probably didn't match. Well, he was dead, Jacqueline. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I need to leave that in. Can I leave that in? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know that you said that. I was thinking of the partner, but the, they don't even know who the partner <laughs> is. So. <laughs> I have like six seltzers on my table right now. I've had... I'm actually going to open a bottle of wine when this is done. <laughs> I'm going to be like so hungover tomorrow. Good thing it's a holiday. So that's kind of the fourth person that they think it could be, right? No, that's the third person. Third, but like three and four if it was partners. So here's my favorite. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this I don't think so, I know much about, just so you know. Like, I don't. I have like a whole article to bring up, trust me, because I couldn't even type it all. It was so much. So, in December of 2005, so this is almost 10 years after all of this has happened, um, a University of Colorado professor, Michael Tracy, starts to receive a series of emails from this person that calls himself Daxus. 
Um, and in these emails are some of the most disturbing things like you'll ever hear. Um, he, the, you know, the guy doesn't actually say his name, but in essence, he confesses to being there when Jamine is killed. He confesses to knowing very specific details about the case. And this is where, like, the whole part about seeing the check stub and knowing the dollar amount, like, that's where some of this comes into play. Um, he knows specific details about their home, where she was when she was found, what she looked like. Like, he knows all of these things. And so, when was he sending these emails? This started in Dece on December 23rd of 2005. So remember, she died on December 26th right. of 96. This is like so, 10 years later. So it's nine years and like sh three days shy of when yeah. she died. So like strange timing, like everything's very weird. Um, he has like uh, a poem that he wrote that is an ode to JonBenet that's called JonBenet My Love. Uh, he says in these emails that he was under investigation. Like, at this point, nobody knows who he really is. Yeah. This guy's just getting these emails, and he's like, what the hell? And did he report them? Well, he must have. He did, yes. At one point, he did report them. Um, what, why was he receiving them? What was, what was, like, unique about him? Yeah. So, it sounds like um, the, the person that was sending these emails wanted someone to kind of sympathize with him in a sense because he ultimately ends up saying that he didn't necessarily kill her but but that he was there when she died he goes both ways though so it's very strange yeah um but i think part of me is like i think he wanted attention i think he wanted somebody to sympathize with him and I mean, really, I think he wanted attention. <laughs> well, but why that professor, though? Like, why him? Like, what was special about him? There wasn't anything specific. Like, they didn't know each other. They weren't friends. Like, nothing like that. And he didn't so know. All just, no, it's all just a very bizarre, like. What was he a professor of? Like, what did he teach? Maybe that, like. Good question. Because maybe that ties in somehow. Maybe it's like. Like, if he was a criminologist or something. like Yeah. You know, Get it, but. Let's see if we can find that out. Or maybe it was just like an old student of his, but like you wouldn't have known because he didn't like say his real name or any of that. Well, this guy's older though. So okay. he, oh, hmm, he was a professor of media communication oh. and research. Uh, yeah, then it's all attention based. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Throwing. <laughs> um, so he sends these emails. He also admits to Michael that he is currently under investigation for child molestation. He talked, I mean, there's like 13 emails that they correspond on. So it, like this goes on. Is the for professor a writing him back? He's like writing him back, but I think it ha he starts writing him back after he reports this. Okay. And this the cops are kind of asking him to respond, okay. asking him to, you know, get more information for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he talks about he's, he's being investigated for child molestation and he sympathizes with Michael Jackson because he suffered through people accusing him of this and his trial and all this other stuff. And he goes on to say, like, 
something in his brain relates to children and, and how they think, how they feel. And he, like, just feels like he's trapped in this world that other people don't understand. Okay. So, definitely a creep. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if he can kill her, he's a creep. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tracy, obvious, Michael Tracy, obviously reports these emails to the police, which end up in a series of phone calls, too. Like, he actually talks to him on the phone. And the calls end up traced back to Bangkok. And they don't know where exactly this person is, this Daxus guy is located. But they somehow get Tracy to arrange sending a photo of Jean Bonnet to Daxus in Bangkok. And they trace the address to where this person is living. So he sends the photo on August 3rd of 2006. And on August 11th, the mail ended up being traced to this man named John Mark Carr. Okay. So they discover who he is, and five days later, he's arrested and brought from Bangkok back to, I believe, back to the United States. Why was he in Bangkok? I'm confused. So he fled to Bangkok because he was under investigation for child molestation. And while he was out there, so John Mark Carr was actually a teacher creepy as hell yeah (laughs) but he fled to bangkok and was actually trying to get a teaching job teaching english in bangkok yeah and um you know he figured that was the best place for him to go while he was under this investigation and so um that's why they find him there when they arrest him and while he's being you know taken away he ends up implicating himself in this crime saying that he was with Jean Bonnet when she died. And that it was an accident. So this guy is literally crazy. <laughs> like, even if he didn't do it, he's crazy. Yeah. So we kind of talked about how he said that he was there, it was an accident, blah 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 blah. So um he ends up deciding that he's going to confess to this crime when he finds out that Patsy Ramsey is uh, like she has ovarian cancer again. So she's no longer in remission and he feels like the best thing to do is to confess to this crime so she has some sort of closure. Okay. Um, He wants to explain to her that this was an accident and um, that there was never any intention for Jean Bonnet to die. Right. So he, he writes on one of the emails that he writes, he says, I want to bring peace to the Ramses and let them know that Jean Bonnet had a lover named Daxis. Okay. A lover. She's six years old. Yeah, that's like what people, like the monsters are like that. Anyway, sorry. Like, they think in their brains, like, it's, like, a real legitimate thing sometimes. And when it's, like, obviously not. It's just crazy. Yeah. So um, crazy. And he says that a dashing prince was there when she died. She was not viciously murdered. I cared for her and tried to revive her when I thought she was dead. I loved her so much, and I'm sorry that she died in my arms. But then <laughs> we go back to the fact that, like, yeah. Sandy- is not an accident like not with a garage like right exactly 
Of course. <laughs> um, so he, well, maybe this will explain something. <laughs> it's a very big question, but um, so he lays out a theory that her death, mind you, he is like probably a 40 year old man at this point. She's a six year old child. He says that um, he tied her up in grot to cut off her air supply to enhance sexual pleasure. Okay. <laughs> the eye roll is real. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say nobody can see my face right now, but like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, he said that um, they were engaging in a romantic, very sexual intercourse, and it went bad, and it was his fault. Oh my god, what a fucking psychopath! Like. I don't think he did it, not because he's not crazy, like, he obviously is, but what the fuck, like, is this person? A lot of people think that, uh, they think the same way, they think he had nothing to do with it, they think he's crazy, they think that he wanted attention, um, and that because uh, he was under investigation for another crime, that maybe in some way, like, this would change how things were, like. Did they get his DNA to test him? They did. And his came back negative, too. And so he was ultimately acquitted because the DNA didn't match. Which, that's kind of how we get back to this, though, is, like, even though somebody's DNA doesn't match, doesn't necessarily mean they didn't have something to do with it. But, yeah, sure. (laughs) Like. But, in this in this particular case, though, if his DNA didn't match what they found, then his story is already debunked. You know what I mean? Like, so this case, I get it. I, I think I think it's a the, case like the last one where it's somebody crazy coming out of the woodworks to like just like claim somebody else's like I don't know popularity or whatever. Yeah. People get obsessed with this kind of shit, you know? They go on to talk about, like, how during the time that he got arrested, his ex-wife said that he was with her on Christmas in Alabama. So, like, there's no way he could have done this. Mm -hmm. Um, He Supposedly, he had never been to Boulder until four years after she was dead. Like, So he got, like, obsessed, it sounds like. There's tons of things that counteract what he said. Um... It really just sounds like a case of, like, he became obsessed, like, to the point where he knew those, like, people were worried that he knew all these details, like, where she was, what the house looked like, like, all Those details stuff, could easily have been gleaned from news and, articles. Like, pictures, and- like. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, like, when, so initially, not initially, well, yeah, so initially, like, when the cops came in, they thought it was a kidnapping, right? So they had all this info, all the friends came in and had all this info. When it becomes a homicide case, they hold back information so they can find the killer normally. But in this case, I don't think they, there was any information back to try and like identify. So the, all that stuff was readily available for you to like look up and learn well, about, especially just like ten years later. later. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of that would have already been like super analyzed by all kinds of public like figures and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people were hoping that, or not a lot of people, but. They were thinking that he was hoping that saying that I did this heinous crime would take away from the fact that he did these other crimes. 
Like it would take the attention away from the fact that he was on, you know, being investigated for child pornography and like, like still, that's not a like. Yeah, he picked the wrong (laughs) guys. Like, (laughs) yeah, um, but yeah, they they got DNA samples from him. Nothing matched. Um, and at, at this point. He, he wasn't charged with the murder, but he was still in jail, um, awaiting trial for the other counts of child pornography and all of that stuff. Um, I feel like he ultimately did end up in jail for child pornography, which I'm fairly certain he did, which yeah. in the details he talked about her. But <laughs> so those are kind of the main theories on the intruder aspect so if we're doing the same thing again we're going to go around robin and say what we think we are (laughs) based on that information the only one that feels like maybe is the partner where the guy committed suicide and had the partner then nobody knows who the partner is michael helgoff yeah that's the only one that feels like maybe it possibly could be that. Well, and I know you said but I'm that, still not convinced. I'm still thinking it's in the... I know you said that, like, from that book that you read, a lot of it went towards Santa. Yeah, like, a ton of it. But still, based on th- all of this information, you still think it leads more towards him. Yeah, I think it's the only thing that makes sense, because, like, Santa wouldn't have known... Like, like, why would he have done the ransom? He just doesn't, the, like, motive of, like, the ransom part of it isn't there for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's there for the partnership of these people. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that has me, like, a little bit being, like, okay, yeah, I could see it, but I'm still not convinced that it was an outside person. I'm still convinced it's a family thing. Okay. I'm still in the same boat, too, because, like, if they were, like, outside partners and they like were trying to get a ransom and it went wrong why would they still leave the ransom note and Mm. like for two people to have been in the house and like still not show any signs of like forced entry or like Mm -hmm. there's still too many factors like them knowing about the bonus and them knowing like unless they were hired by the family like I don't. I just don't see how they would know all those details. Whoa! What? That's kind of my theory. Is part of me wonders. I don't. I honestly still don't think Patsy had anything to do with it. Like as far well, as like she didn't commit. Like she didn't know this was going to happen. Right. But she was maybe involved after it happened. Yes. Like in frantic. Yeah. So that's. I bad. wonder. If John hired Michael and his partner to, and then yeah, I couldn't kill her, but stage this, do something like I don't know why he would want that done, but for some reason, maybe he threatened them or something, and that's why he committed suicide. Like maybe it was like. Like, something happened, John got a hold of them and was like, your guys are going down for this. This is what happened. You know what I mean? Like, try to make a story about it. And these people were like, well, the one guy probably was like, 
I can't deal with this. No, but then, you know, but, but he was talking about a week remember, before money. There are signs that it wasn't uh, a suicide, that it might have been murder right. covered up as a suicide. So maybe John was the second partner. <gasps> like, and he covered up the killing, like, it made it look like a suicide so that he could get away scot-free. Mm-hmm. And the other guy was the one that killed her. Oh my god, what if John was hiring the suicide guy as a hit to kill John Bonet? Wouldn't do it, so he's like, okay, well, I have to kill this guy because now he's somebody, like, now he's like a witness to know that I want to kill my daughter. Yeah. <gasps> or maybe... Riker, I know it's crazy, but we need to chill. <laughs> he's like... Sorry, go ahead. I know. <laughs> maybe Michael did... Okay, so maybe there was Michael and there was a partner. John hired both of them to just kidnap her. For ransom yeah something went wrong the partner got too crazy yeah something yeah. went wrong she died or maybe the partner is insane and the partner molested her and yeah michael was like fuck that i'm not into this like right and maybe like maybe michael threatened to like turn him in and so the partner killed him i don't know but I, I still Or maybe think... the one that, like, the fake suicide, maybe he was the one that killed her. And, like, it was a retribution because he wrecked the plan. Yeah. It looked like a suicide. True. Could be. But, again, that still doesn't explain the DNA. Because then there's still DNA in this picture that... But there's yeah. still a partner that we don't know who the partner is. That's part of the reason I don't think John's partner. It could also be also just a really shitty coincidence that something might have happened to JonBenet at the party the night before. Sure. That's why he went to bed completely unrelated. And, and then all this happens. All this happened. Yeah. I mean, that's a stretch, but it's possible. It is. So I still think the family knows more than they have led to believe. Oh, 100%. But... I'm really leaning into the, like, hitman theory now. <laughs> I didn't think I would be, but... <laughs> so, we'll solve the... By just saying, what if somebody <laughs> paid somebody? And now I'm like, oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. I still... There's still some loose ends, like... The kid had to have witnessed something for them to, like... 100 really Push, or he interfered, or, like something happened for him to be like involved the way he was like but here okay going back to that maybe he got out of bed and like went out and was like trying to like and saw some stuff and then the parents were like don't tell anybody anything just say that you were in bed the whole time yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. maybe he in bed because there was a ruckus and like came out and witnessed some shit and they're like go back to bed you know what i mean yeah and he was scared i mean yeah. We also have to remember that he was a nine-year-old boy. Like, right. Okay, fuck. This is wild. And now I'm <laughs> going to go down a rabbit hole. The partners. <laughs> Same. Maybe because I've had too many seltzers to do it today. But All right. So, so ultimately, I think we all think the family had something to do with it. There was something suspicious outside of that that happened. Mm-hmm. We don't think it was Santa. No, no. not. I mean, we, I I gave up on that theory a long time ago. But I just don't think, think he would have had the power. Yeah, 
We don't think it was the crazy man that confessed to being there. No. Crazy. He was just somebody obsessed with the case. And we don't think it was the other guy. The Abrax or... The homeless guy with the shrine? Oliva, yeah, the homeless guy. He didn't do it. He was another person that was just obsessed. So, will we ever find out the answer? No. I think... I think this is my theory. If we're gonna find it, I think when the father dies, Burke will come out with what he knows of what happened that night. But until then, I think the father might be. I mean, the, like he could be paying for Burke to be doing everything, right? Like, so he doesn't Burke want that. Have, I mean, if his company was worth multi-million dollars, like Burke has to have some sort of inheritance, right? So maybe we'll find out when the father dies. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just don't see the dad. I don't know. It's hard. Like, I don't see a motive for him, like, really to want the girl dead. Because, like, I mean, he was, if he was the powerhouse of the family, he wouldn't have let it get to that point anyway. To the point where everybody was afraid of him. Like, he wouldn't have. Some people do power that way, right? Like, some people control people based on fear. Yeah. But, like, for them to not be afraid of him before that, like, it took him killing the daughter to have them all afraid of him? Like, No, I mean, I think they were afraid of him before that, and then this whole thing went down, perhaps, maybe. But if they were afraid of him before that, like, she wouldn't have been doing all the pageant stuff, like, if that's what he was really upset about. Maybe. Like, I just don't see any reason for him wanting her dead and not wanting both kids dead. Like, like if he was trying to escape the whole, like he should have like killed the whole family or something or like, and like, maybe, maybe he, that was his, maybe he was going to and just couldn't after he killed one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know. It gets, like, we can fucking spiral all night, but <laughs> I, well, see what you mean. Well, though. I mean, obviously we'll never have a conclusion, but yeah, I mean, not I think, for a well, while. Anyway. I think Burke will come out eventually. I hope so. Can you imagine? Maybe someday somebody will like dig into the house and like find evidence in the house. I'm sure the house has been sold. Oh, you know what I remember? I think it was sold to like, uh, because nobody wanted to buy the JonBenet house. I could be making this up. I'm not fact checking this. I think it was sold to somebody that now rents it out to like college students. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to say it's like a frat house because I don't think it's like that, but I just think it's like. Um, I mean, now I need to know. Mm-hmm. I just, I like, I could see it being like an accident that was covered up. Like, if the kid like pushed her down the stairs and like that was the first thing that came to their mind. Like, let's make it look like a murder to like, like cover up the fact yeah, that yeah, we don't need to get in trouble. Yeah. Like we don't, yeah. Like we don't want it to look bad on us. Not that the, like, there's like a logic error there. Like a right. murder, not cover up an accident, but. Interesting. It, there's just no motive to wanting her dead other than like a crazy obsession or something like. Yeah. The only motive I can think of family-wise is just um, the dad not wanting to spend any more money on the pageants, which you're right, isn't like the most 
you know what I mean? Not like good enough. Yeah, but if he was like the the breadwinner, he would have had full say in that. I feel like. Yeah. Because he was the only one working, and it's not like they were hurting for money. He was making big bucks. Like. Yeah. Maybe he knew something that was coming with his business, and they weren't going to be able to afford something. So a house was put up for sale in 2008, 2009, and 2011, where the price was set at 2.3 million. Three years later, 2014, the house was on on sale again at a lower price, 1.9 million, but no transaction went through and it was unlisted. The home remains unavailable, but because no one wanted to live in the place, the current owners who bought the house in 2004 moved back in oh yeah the big rumor was like they were renting it out to college students i remember that but it sounds like they were probably renting it out but now they live there again okay is it really i've never seen pictures of it like oh it's huge it's huge house yeah here i'm gonna end this and then we can continue to talk if we want okay Okay, so I think our theory is family had something to do with it, but we don't know who actually killed her, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. I think we're all on the same page, but ultimately I don't think the case will ever be solved until, you know, maybe Bert comes out and says something. I don't know. But thank you guys for both being on True Crime Tea Time. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. Glad we could help. Definitely interesting (laughs) (laughs) hopefully your viewers aren't or listeners aren't sick of me yet but after four episodes of Jacqueline because I want to come back (laughs) (laughs) yes we want you back too well thank you guys thank you so much for tuning in to true crime tea time follow us on instagram and twitter for true crime memes breaking news and more while you wait for the next episode That's true crime, the letter T, and time.